Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Rantman Podcast. If I sound a bit different today, that is because a man is uh, sick. It feels like we can't go 10 episodes without at least one of us being sick, so that's a little annoying. But we'll have to hold the house down for him. So, uh, what do we got going today? I'm going to be reviewing the movies now. Wait, no. Oh, right. Sorry, change my change my movie. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing the movie Nonstop. It's a Liam Neeson action mo- movie. If you've seen them once, you've seen them all. And then I will do, be doing a book review of The Hobbit by J.R. Tolkien. I hope you've heard of it. <laughs> and before we get started... Well, guys, I'm struggling. <laughs> Before we get started, make sure to leave us a five-star review. And on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a written five-star review if you wish. That would be really nice. Uh, share with your friends. Word of mouth is the only way we get around. And is there anything else I usually say? All right, hit the bell so you know every time I release a podcast, which is six o'clock. Every Friday morning. So, yeah, sorry, I'm working out of my computer mic here. It sounds awful, and there's this echo. It's driving me crazy. But I guess now I know how a man feels, except a man has a mic. I do have a mic, but we tried to work it out, and it decided not to work for us today. So, this is all we got. So, I'm going to head straight to the... Movie review. This is like really weird. Nonstop, starring Liam Neeson, was released on March 2nd, 2014. It grossed 28 million opening weekend in US and Canada. Total gross in US and Canada was 92 million, with a budget of 50 million, and gross worldwide was 222 million. Ah, Liam Neeson can make money. At least he used could make money. Uh, his. Movies haven't been getting that much attention lately. But that's because Liam Neeson kind of has a genre of his own. So, uh, if you don't know who Liam Neeson is, he plays Raz Al Ghul in Batman Begins. And he plays Qui-Gon Jinn in The Phantom Menace. And he's a good actor. He's very entertaining to watch. So, basically, uh, the plot synopsis for... This movie is an air marshal, air marshal, wow, air marshal, wow, that's crazy, an air marshal springs into action during a transatlantic flight after receiving a series of text messages demanding $150 million into an offshore account or someone will die every 20 minutes. So if you've seen the movie The Commuter, also starring Liam Neeson, it's basically that movie, but in a train, in my opinion, better. Now, this movie has a... 6.9, oh my word, <laughs> I sneeze, has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb, which is a fair rating, honestly, like, this movie's not as bad as you would expect, it's barely fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the plot is solid, I didn't see many problems with the plot, but you, you know, I'm not a great critic of that kind of thing, it was very engaging, it kept you guessing, you never guessed the ending, I'll give it that, it was very unpredictable, it was... Really fun, really fun time. If you like Liam Neeson, you just want a kind of like a mindless action movie to watch. It's it's a it's a good time. It's it's a good time. It explores the theme of uh, security. You know, 
are we ever safe, you know, kind of thing. Which is kind of like something you would expect to be made after 2001, September 11th, 2001. But this movie was made in 2014, and I was getting like, you know, 2001 vibes from it. Well, I guess maybe not. I can't remember now. Mm. But yeah, it's very formulaic. Uh, interesting, but very formulaic. Like I said, it's basically just the commuter just on an airplane. But it's fun. It's very intense. Neither me nor my dad could keep... Could uh, guess the ending, so that's something. Because my dad usually can always guess the ending. I actually... You know, fun story is that... Uh, when I watched The Commuter, I pointed somebody out in the background and it turned out that that was the person Liam Neeson was looking for. Anyways, that was crazy. That was the only time I believe it was the only time where I was right, my dad was wrong. When guessing uh, the ending of a Liam Neeson movie. Rotten Tomatoes did give uh, a valid point of where it's kind of Wasting the talent they have? I don't know. I mean, Liam Neeson is Liam Neeson. This is pretty much all he does, is just save his family. And uh, it's always personal with him. You know, every movie, he's trying to save his family or has something to do with his family. And this movie is no uh, exception, because, of course, the bad guy is like, what about your family? Don't you want to protect them? You know? From what I can remember, there's not very humorous. I mean... If there's a terrorist trying to kill people on a plane, I don't get why would you be laughing. But yeah, it's it's a movie, you know? Just that'd be fun. So. Oh, wow, that's cool. Did you know the Lego movie was re- released 10 years ago this year? 10 years ago today, for that matter. Wow. Well, happy birthday, the Lego movie. Truly, truly a classic. I feel like the Lego movie doesn't get enough credit anymore, you know? It needs it needs to get, like, more uh, esteem in the movie world. But I suppose it is just a movie about Legos. But I feel like that's the... Okay, never mind. The Lego Batman movie, I think, is the superior Lego movie. But what they did with the Lego movie is really fun, especially me for me, who's a Lego uh, a Lego nerd. How they made it like seem like plastic bricks. I feel like that's something that we lost because literally everything looked like plastic bricks in the first Lego movie. Then you Lego Batman movie, you have actual water. Uh, I think in Lego Ninjago movie you get dirt. I was actually really excited for the Lego Ninjago movie, but wow, I this is what happens when a man. Well, isn't here to keep me on track. I start talking to him about uh, Lego movies. I was supposed to be talking about Liam Neeson movies. But again, there's just, like, not much to talk about with this uh, movie. It's, like, it's nonstop, and it doesn't stop until the end, so it's something. A little cliched, probably, but... You know, a good... uh, My favorite Liam Neeson action movie would probably be Honest Thief. Honest Thief was a good one. Like, it it had a pretty original premise. It's, again, like, neither critics nor audiences really like it. But I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. It's really epic. You know, Liam Neeson beats up bad guys. That's all you need to know. All you need to know. So, alrighty, well, I'm going to head over to my book review. 
which is the Hobbit. Now, this book is a little older than Liam Neeson. It was released in 1937 uh, by, I don't know, the publishing house, uh, but it's J.R. Tolkien. You all know him. You all know, love him. At least you should <laughs> if you haven't read it. It is basically about, well, a hobbit, big surprise there, who is recruited by a wizard to call, named Gandalf, Gandalf the Grey. Uh, to go on an adventure with 12 dwarves to reclaim the dwarves' uh, homeland, which is called the Lonely Mountain, and their and its treasure that is inside the Lonely Mountain, from a dragon named Smaug. Now, this is basically what started modern fantasy, and especially it's a quest fantasy. It's like this huge epic quest. They go across Middle-earth, meet all kinds of different creatures and stuff, and it's a classic. There wouldn't be the modern fantasy genre without it. Like, there were fantasy books before Tolkien, yes, but there was never a fantasy book like Tolkien. Sure, there was, like, I guess, I don't know, I haven't read the fantasy stuff. There was, like, George MacDonald, E.R. Edison. Uh, E.R. Edison is actually considered, like, the grandfather of fantasy, but it was nothing like this. This, Tolkien's world is... So deep that he, that books are still being published uh, on his lore by Christopher Tolkien, though Christopher Tolkien is now passed uh, passed away in 2020. But yeah, people are still taking Tolkien's work and writing book about it, writing books about it. There's like the Fall of Numenor, compiled together by Brian Sibley. So the, meanless to say the impact the hobbit had well mainly the lord of the rings but the hobbit is considered a prologue to the lord of the rings uh is huge there wouldn't honestly be fantasy without tolkien now for the hobbit book itself it is a great starter point for anybody who wants to get into the fantasy genre because as i said before it started basically started the modern day fantasy genre and it's not too lore heavy. You know, once you read The Lord of the Rings, it is very lore heavy, especially once you get to the Council of Elrond. But this one's nice and short, and it's a really, as I said before, a really good beginner for Tolkien and for the fantasy genre in general. Uh, it is probably most known for its iconic scene with Gollum, because that ultimately affects The Lord of the Rings, but it does have a lot of things that do tie into Lord of the Rings later, such as Gandalf leaves in the middle to go fight the Necromancer, who, if you've uh, watched the Lord of the Rings, turns out to, or read Lord of the Rings, turns out to be Sauron, the Dark Lord himself. You could possibly probably read Lord of the Rings without the Hobbit. I wouldn't recommend it because Bilbo is still in the Hobbit, and Bilbo, no, oh, I mean duh, he's in the Hobbit, but he's also in. Lord of the Rings, duh. Uh, yeah, never mind. You cannot skip The Hobbit and just read Lord of the Rings. You at least have to know the story of The Hobbit to, in order to understand where The Lord of the Rings takes off. I mean, you wouldn't be super lost, but 
you you should probably read The Hobbit first. Because why not? Honestly, it's super fun. This was originally intended to be a children's book. And you can definitely tell that narrator is very witty. Tolkien has this very unique voice to his books. And it's he'll, like, make jokes in the middle of it. It's awesome. Uh, especially in The Hobbit. He does a little bit of that in Lord of the Rings. But The Lord of the Rings, you can tell, is more aimed towards uh, older audience and more grim and serious. And it's funny because if you compare the two, The Lord of the Rings is basically The Hobbit expanded. Whereas, like, of course, in The Hobbit there isn't big wars and stuff like that. I mean, we do have the Battle of the Five Armies, which is pretty epic at the end. And it's really interesting how Tolkien writes his battles. He probably writes some of the best big battles I have read. Again, I'm still trying to expand my uh, horizon for books because I... Honestly, I look back, I'm a writer, and I haven't read that many books. Because it takes me forever to finish. When I'm in the middle of a thousand-page fantasy book right now, I started it last summer, and I'm finally halfway through it. Of course, I'm reading other books on top of that, including Lord of the Rings, actually, for a book club I started with a friend. But yeah, I'm just a very slow reader. It took me a while to get through The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. But a lot of people actually like The Hobbit better than Lord of the Rings. I strongly disagree with that, because... Again, like, oh, The Lord of the Rings is so much deeper, so much, it's just more, you know? The Hobbit's definitely an easier read, you don't got all the lore, as I said before. And actually, a fun fact about The Hobbit, fact, whoa, fact, sorry, <laughs> is that the chapter with Gollum, Riddles in the Dark, was actually much different when Tolkien originally published it. I think Gollum actually, when Bilbo won the game, Gollum actually escorted Bilbo out of the goblin tunnels and uh, gave him the ring as a present. Now, if you've read Lord of the Rings, that is not exactly consistent, so that's why when Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings, he changed The Hobbit 4th chapter, and I think it would be really cool to get your hands on, like, a first edition of The Hobbit and uh, see what actually happened in that for, in that uh, chapter. But I think the chapter is perfect how it is. And if you guys well, know me for, for uh, in the first place, you know that I am a huge Lord LOTR and The Hobbit fan, and I know, like, I'm saying it, this at, toward the end of my review, and everybody was like, uh, yeah, I could tell. But uh, it actually inspired me to start writing in the first place. And so these books have in- impacted me so much. And a lot of people think they're boring and outdated. I disagree. I think they are timeless. It is really the only fantasy book this old that's still talked about, you know? Like, not many people mention George MacDonald or E.R. Edison or, like, Lord Dunsnay. I don't even know who Lord Dunsnay is. I just heard his name once. But apparently he's a fantasy poet. Uh, But, yeah, nobody will ever or has ever written fantasy like J.R. Tolkien. He put his love and his passion into his world. And the languages also are beautiful. We got Sindarin and Elvish, Dorvish. I, you don't hear, you don't see that too much. But you also have like runes that are on the map. And you can, even The Hobbit, you can tell that this is a very dense world filled with... So many characters, so many cultures, and so much magic to it. It's really an escapist book. 
And Tolkien also just puts a lot of nice messages in it. That's what I like about Tolkien is that he... His messages aren't complex. You're not going to get, like, philosophical arguments set forth in his books. Well, I guess that also could be argued, <laughs> ironically enough. Uh, but his books are primarily about hope and bravery and courage. And I think that's why they're so timeless, is that its messages are ultimately timeless. See, this is how Christian fiction should be written. It shouldn't be written to evangelize. It should be written to, I guess, it should be written to just for, for the sake of being written almost. Almost. Hang on, I'm still thinking through this. But like, it should be written because you want to write it. Like, it should be a story that you love. And it should be trying to, uh, like, again, evangelize. It should be to give your reader ultimately a good time, but also to educate in morality, you know? It's a more effective form of evangelism than just having a Christian allegory and, like, having the gospel integrated into every one of your books. Because that honestly doesn't work. You're never going to get a secular person to read that. But secular people love The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and there's such dense Christian themes within it. That's probably what I'm trying to say. But you can tell that Tolkien loved his story. I think that's I, that's what I, one thing I really admire about Tolkien, is that he didn't write it to be published, he wrote it because he loved the fantasy genre, and he wanted to contribute to it. So. Alrighty, well, that is my review of The Hobbit. You know, I think I just found out, like, a good philosophy segment for this but on second thought, you know, I think I'm going to save it so I can uh, talk about it with a man because this might be, this is already a weird one-sided conversation. Boy, can I ramble. Alrighty. I think... Well, I'm going to find something to do. Okay, so we're just going to move straight into our challenge segment. And, you know, I was thinking, it's like, well, last time we did a Christopher Nolan quiz... And since I have nothing better to do by myself, I'm going to take a Star Wars quiz. Now, I'm not, like, the hugest, the hugest, the most, okay, if I had the hugest Star Wars fan, but, you know, I should well enough, know it well enough to do a quiz, you know? So, the first question is, what is the first word of the opening crawl? Oh, wow, so I'm guessing this is a new, oh, in Return of the Jedi? So the options are the, Luke, Rebel, and after. Huh. Wow, this is maybe, this is like a bit too much out of my depth. I wonder if there's somebody listening that's just going to be like, of course it's the. So I'm just going to go, oh, it's a Luke. Oh, sorry. Where does the film open? Oh, is this just, uh, what film? There's <laughs> over like 10 of them. A space near the Death Star, the second. Oh, wait. Yeah, on Tatooine. This is Return of the Jedi. Huh. Yeah. Where is this? Oh, yeah, on Tatooine. Sorry, it's in space near the Death Star. Okay, you know what? I need to find a new quiz. I can't. This is this is too much. This is StarWars.com. Yeah, I need a... 
Here, Wikipedia. Star Wars quiz for true fans. Well, I guess we'll, we'll find out if I'm a true fan or not. Can you get 100 results? Alrighty. Star Wars quiz for true fans. Here we go. Which of these battles happened first? Occupation of Bespin, Battle of Endor, Sith... Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, okay, we're getting way too nerdy here. I need something a bit more civil. There we go. Star Wars Trivia Quiz. This is from California State University. They... Oh, what the heck? It's a PDF. And I'm going to get complaints. It's like, why didn't you just choose it? I don't really trust Reddit. Star Wars quiz for Star Wars. Let's go movie quiz. So then we don't get all this comic and stuff. All the comics and stuff. Why do I want the ultimate Star Wars quiz? Quizzes and trivia. There we go. Oh wait, no. This one this one looks better. Me and a man have used this website before, I think, for quizzes, so I'll do, I'll do this one. No, um I'll just decline your cookies cuz I don't know. Alrighty. In the original Star Wars trilogy, who is the only character who is not a Jedi but briefly uses a lightsaber? So there's Chewbacca, Han Solo, Wiz Khalifa, and R2-D2. I can't remember. I haven't seen the original Star Wars trilogy in a while. The last one I watched was Empire Strikes Back. Since I don't know who... I can't remember off the top of my head who Wiz Khalifa is. I'm just going to go with that one. All right. Who is this guy? Oh, he's uh, Jabba's right-hand man. But uh, it's n not New Gunray. He's not a Sarlacc. Bit of Fortuna. We're going to go with that. How many languages does C-3PO claim to be able to speak? We're going over. There's one, three, over two million, over six million. We're going to go over two million. At the beginning of Rogue One, a new trooper is introduced. What are they called? Oh, this is easy. There's the Death Troopers, Cake Troop, Cake Troopers, Super Troopers, and Koopa Troopers. So oh, Koopa, 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 Death Troopers. In which Star Wars film does Yoda have a lightsaber duel with Count Dooku? All right, we got Attack of the Clones, The Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi, and Return of the Mac. Sounds like a man's favorite movie. Uh, it is. Attack of the Clones, duh. Who is the captain of the modified patrol and attack craft known as Slave One? The <laughs> Saj Ventress, definitely not her. Hopefully not her, I don't like her. Pop Poppin' Jay, I have no idea who that is. Poppin' Jay, Han Solo, and Boba Fett. Well, my nephew is obsessed with Boba Fett, so I know that. How does Han Solo respond when Leah tells him that she loves him. Oh, this is iconic. Yes. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> wow. This is awkward. That's honestly what he should have said in that situation. I love you too. You know, if he was normal, if he wasn't Han Solo, 
That's what he should have said. But since he's on Han Solo, he said, I know, which is, yeah, I, Han, that's a very Han Solo thing to say. Luke's Uncle Owen runs what sort of business? Moisture farm, space cafe, pet shop, legal con- consulty for consultancy firm. My word. But Uncle Owen, I want to go to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. It's a moisture farm. Who is Han Solo's old friend who greets him when he lands in Cloud City? Greedo. <laughs> you mean the guy he kills in the beginning of New Hope? No, it's not Greedo. Landon Calrissian, Luke Skywalker, or Chewbacca? Chewbacca, just kidding, no, it's Lando Calrissian. In the original 1977 Star Wars movie, A New Hope, Darth Vader only appears on screen for 12 minutes in total. True or false? Actually, I think that would probably be true, just because he is not in it that much. What is Darth Tyrannus? Otherwise known as uh, Count Dooku, Qui-Gon Jinn, Mace Windu, and Jar Jar Binks. That would be Count Dooku. I know that because of that. I watched that. I'm almost done with all seven seasons of the Clone Wars. I'm quite proud of that. And then I need to catch up on the Bad Batch before season three comes out because I'm hearing that's going to be sick. In the Battle of Naboo, who did Obi-Wan Kenobi defeat? Darth Tyrannus? No, 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 that's the wrong answer, it's Darth Maul. No, I can't change my answer, dang it. Alright, well, apparently I said Darth Tyrannus, but there's Darth Malak, Darth Maul, which is the correct answer, or Darth Sidious, so I already got that one wrong. Who cares about the Rise of Skywalker? Anyways, in the Rise of Skywalker, who says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know that I have the strength to do it. Wow. The guy who write the dialogue for those movies should get fired anyways. Well, I mean, it's not, the, like, the worst dialogue ever. Like, the dialogue... I guess the dialogue wasn't, like, the worst part of the new trilogy. There was uh, other things that were wrong with the new trilogy. But... Trust me, like, a lot of things. Uh, I'm guessing it's Rey. Sounds like something she would say. And there's Kylo Ren, Luke, and Leia. But I think Rey's the only one to say that. What is the type of cephalopod creature that lives in the Darth Death Star's garbage compactor. A Gondark, Sarlacc, a Dianoga, or Carcoon. I think I'm gonna, I Gundark? I know it's not a Sarlacc, and I don't know what the last two are, so I'm going to go with a Gundark. Cause, just because it's fun to say. Oh, we go into Mando. I love Mando. Can't wait for season four and the movie that's actually going to be at the end of season four, which will be awesome. Can't wait to see Mando on the big screen. What creature can be seen roasting on a pit in the very first episode of The Mandalorian? It's those weird, like, little uh, bunny thingies. Uh, it's like not a Gungan spider worm. I think it's a ranker puppy frog. Or is it a Kawikian monkey lizard? Or Carnal was. Ah, oh, I think it's either the monkey lizards or a, pump, a puppy frog. Ah, I think it'll be a ranker puppy frog because Jabba has one. Uh, which large carnivorous cephalopods? What is a cephalopod? Was the last one a cephalopod? Wow, there apparently a cephalopod is a Star Wars. What do you call a Star Wars? I don't know. 
I can't even think of the term. Star Wars species. Wow, I am losing it. Which large carnivorous cephalopods are native to the planet Twanketi? Wampas, Rathars, Rankers, or Sarlaccs? You know, I would actually not know this if it wasn't that they put the picture from The Force Awakens and it's a Rathtar. Rathtar. Which Wookiee Jedi Master is able to sense the future? Oh, wow, this is pretty deep lore. Taivaka, Ty, Gungai? Gungai. It's one letter from being fungi. No, I bet the Wookiees are just full of funguses. Unless they clean themselves like a dog. Anyway, sorry, that's a very random and disturbing tangent. Uh, Kersantan and uh, Hanar. Mm. Mm. You know, I would want to perfect a good Yoda voice someday. Uh, we're going to go Gungai just because I like the name. What is the last thing that Darth Vader ever says to Luke Skywalker? I'm your father. You were right. No! And you're standing on my cape. I, I think it's... I think it's you're right. I, it might be. St I haven't seen the Return of the Jedi in a while. It's been like I think it'd be a year. No, that can't be. I saw him near my birthday. When was my? Wow. Yeah, it might have been two a year or two ago. I don't know. I'm. I think it's gonna be you're right because I know he he doesn't say I'm your father because that happens in the Empire Strikes Back. And he wouldn't say no because he's talking to his son. And this is where, like, Darth Vader's redemption arc uh, is completed. So, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's you're standing on my cape. But I feel like I remember that, so I'm going to go, you were right. That was a tough decision. What is Wookiee Bounty Hunter Snuva's nickname? Badfinger? Shoeface? Platinum or Mad Claw? We're going to go Mad Claw. What is the name of the red ocean planet features in the Star Wars Holiday Special? I haven't seen the planet, the Holiday Special. So there's Tatooine, Panna, Flimshaw, or Fronty. We're going to go Panna. All right, how did I do? How did I do? Hey, I was right. It was Panna. All right, anyways, we're going to start from the beginning. So in the Star Wars, original Star Wars trilogy, who is the only... Character who's not a Jedi. Oh, Bob briefly uses a lightsaber. Tan Solo. Okay, that makes sense because when they're escaping from Jabba the Hutt's planet, I think Han Solo grabs the lightsaber from to help free Luke. I would be could be wrong. Who is this guy? It's Bill Fortuna. I was correct. Uh, C-3PO apparently knows over 6 million languages. I should have known. At the beginning of Rogue One, a new trooper is introduced. What are they called? Death Troopers, obviously. What Star Wars film does Yoda have a lightsaber duel with Count Dooku? Attack of the Clones, obviously. Who is the captain of the modified patrol and attack craft known as Slave One, Boba Fett? How does Han Solo respond when Leia tells him that she loves him? Oh, dang, I was wrong. Just kidding. No, it's I know. I know, I know. <laughs> what the crap did I just say? Anyways, Luke's Uncle Owen runs what sort of business? A moisture farm. Uh, who is telling Han Solo's old friend who greets him when he stands in Cloud City, Lando Carizian. 
In the original 1977 Star Wars movie, A New Hope, Darth Vader only appears on screen for 12 minutes in total. True or false? That is true. What is Darth Tyrannus, otherwise known as Count Dooku? The Battle of Naboo. Who did Obi-Wan Kenobi defeat? Yes, it's Darth Maul. I know that. I just accidentally cl clicked Darth Tyrannus. In The Rise of Skywalker, who says, I know what I have to do, but I don't know that I have the strength to do it? Kylo Ren. Mm. Yeah, he's he's pretty weak. I always knew, ah, Dave, I always knew you were a bit weak. <laughs> uh, that's a video me and a man watch a lot. Well, that's kind of weird. No, it's a video a man showed me. What is the type of cephalopod? Oh, it's not a Gundark that lives in Death Star's garbage compactor. It's a Dinoga. Who knew? What creature can be seen roasting on a spit in the very first episode? Dang it, it was a... Oh, the Mandalorian. Dang it, it was a... Kaiwaki, Kaiwaki and monkey lizard. Then, which large carv carnivorous cephalopods, what are they called, are native to the planet Twan Kitty? It's a Rathtar. Which Wookiee Jedi Master is able to sense the future? Ah, dang it, it's Tyvoka, not Gungai. It should have been Gungai. Come on, George. George Lucas, you need to name him Gungai. I mean,. He turned Jabba the Hutt into Alien after he got CGI, so might as well. Well, actually, don't fact me check fact check me on that one. I know like Jabba the Hutt was originally human, but I don't know if he CGI Jabba the Hutt in, or if uh, or if uh, it was always an alien. What is the last thing that Darth Vader says to Luke Skywalker? You were right. Oh, it's not you're standing on my cape. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. After all that happened, just the last thing he says, you're standing on my cape. What is Wookiee Bounty Hunter Snoova's nickname? Mad Claw, let's go! It's the only one that really makes sense. And I was right. What is the name of the Red Ocean Planet featured in the Star Wars Holiday Special? Panna. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm not too bad, I guess. I know, I know, I know some of my Star Wars stuff. It's just been a, while, been a while since I've seen the movies. Maybe I'll watch one of those movies tonight. That'll be fun. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing me ramble, stumble over my words, and all that jazz on this 27th episode of the Ratman Podcast. Uh, hopefully a man can fix the sound quality, because, as I said before, I'm just using my computer mic. But, alright, well, yeah, I guess those. I'll still have an awkward ending, even without a man. A man. A man. Yeah, a man. But, uh, if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share it with your friends. Word of mouth is the only way we get around. I say, I know we say that every time, but we just remind you. And leave us a written episode on... A written review. I cannot speak on Apple Podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. And, man, get better soon. I can't do this all the time. <laughs> Alrighty, that's all, folks. See you later.